Like you got. You got something on the screen, Dave. Welcome back, everybody, to the unveiling. We got a good show lined up for you tonight. We're glad you came, and you're glad you joined in with us. We uh, we'd like to to introduce everybody to everyone here at the table. So you'll know who we are if you, if this is your first time uh, tuning in with us. Then we encourage you to um, talk to us, ask questions, uh, comment on there, uh, and we will try to look up every so often. And um, and answer any questions that you ha- may have, uh, or you know, uh, have dialogue back and forth as, as good as we can with you. Uh, if you have anything that you that you know about, if we're talking about an issue and you have any information on it, then uh, we would love for you to write on there and kind of join in with us. But um, if you've, I'll let you introduce them. Well, you got brother Nathan. Y'all He's back wait. with us. His son in the background. What's your name again? Josh Vaughn. Josh Vaughn. Josh, it's nice to be, nice to have you here again. Thank you. And as always, brother TJ McPherson. That's With his me. headphones on crooked. Hello. My wife Kelly. I'm Thomas. And behind the scenes, brother Gage McPherson. Gage is in the dark. And I'm in here. Nice. They can hear me, but y'all can't hear me, but we're good. We can hear you somewhat. A little bit. We can hear you somewhat. We, we have to talk loud. Yeah, if you're no, if you've noticed um, tonight, we do not have on our headphones because we have had technical difficulties nice with our technical. Uh, headphones. So normally we can hear each other through them, but tonight we cannot. So that we'll see how interesting that that goes. But um, we're going to talk a little bit. Of, uh, t- uh, we're going to start off doing a little bit of what's in the news and what's going on in the news um, type of stuff because there's so much going on. It's getting to where. It, you can't even keep up with with what's happening before it before it happens. But there was a very interesting article that um, I came across, and then other people had sent me uh, this week, and it is on. Uh, it was on my Facebook. I don't know if you can how easy that would be to pull it up, but I've got it. I've got. I'm looking at it. It's the one about the Euphrates River. Um, how interesting is this? Uh, now, Revelation 16 and 12 says, Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and it dried up so that the kings from the east could march their armies towards the west without hindrance. And then um, in, in French news, in French 24, it says, Drying Euphrates River threatens disaster in Syria. And so um, I don't know if when he can get that pulled up. But when the Bible speaks about the Garden of Eden and where it was at, it talks about the River Euphrates and it talks about the Pishon River and the Tigris River. Mm-hmm. And it talks about how it's in between these rivers. So the Euphrates River had, was a huge, flowing, vast river and it has been here since the Garden of Eden. Um, so right at, you know, 6,000 years that it has been here. And now, and we know that the book of Revelation, we've always read and we knew that it said it would say at one time, this Euphrates River, it flows, you know, through Turkey, it throws through Syria, it flows all the way through to where it goes into Israel. Um, and so this river, 
there was a big vast river. It says that it will dry up so that some of them, the, the Syrians and Turkey and the Bible, you know, the Bible talks about Iran, Turkey, Russia, which Russia comes up through there too. You've got Russia and Syria, Turkey, Iran, all them right there going downward. And it says that, that they will form an alliance and an army and they will march in and, and try to uh, against Israel. Well, now we're seeing that this river's drying up. And it was uh, on the news headlines that this one uh, guy that was that was living there, it says Syria's longest river used to flow by his olive grove. But today, and I cannot pronounce this guy's name properly. I know I cannot. Kaald al-Kamesi says it has receded into the distance, parching his trees and leaving his family without hardly a drop to drink, as if it were in the desert, said the 50-year-old farmer standing on what was last year a riverbed. We're thinking of leaving because there's no water left to drink and nothing to irrigate, irrigate our trees. Um, and it, it goes on to talk about um, how important that this uh, river ear is. This is re reputed to have once flown through the biblical Garden of Eden. The Euphrates uh, runs for almost 1,700 miles across Turkey, Syria, Iraq. And, it, and in times of rain, it gushes into the northern Syria around the Turkish border. Um and so it begins to start talking about in here how they had made a deal that almost 90% of the Euphrates River uh, flow comes from Turkey, uh, the United Nations says, to ensure Syria's fair share. Um, Turkey had come up with a deal with Syria to make sure that Syria had enough uh, water, but now it is drying up. And so this is another biblical prophecy that, um, strangely, it talks about in Revelation 16, chapter 16, but we're seeing that it's already happened. And and it is literally drying up at the exact place that the Bible said it was going to dry up so that they could march through. And so um, this is a huge, I don't know, you know, it's it, when some of these things, um, some of these articles and these news headlines that come up, I don't think other people get as excited um, about what they're seeing as I do. But when you've been raised in her biblical, um, biblical prophecy your whole life, and then you see a news article that says it. It's it it it, mm -hmm. it's, it wigs you out a little bit, you know. Um, That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I'm like you, you like you wanted to, you know, you want the, you we I want to see the coming of the Lord. I'm excited about it. Um, and but but you, but then you're kind of like when you see it, you're like, wow, you know, like okay, this is this is getting crazy now. This is really this is really happening, <laughs> you know. All the pieces are falling. Into yes, place. and it's falling together so. I got chills thinking about it right now, man. It, yeah. it, it's falling together so quickly, so, it, and it's weird. You know, when the Bible says that it's like birth pains. And we're going to recap tonight over some of the things that you've seen before. Just a real quick recap of of the 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 pale horse and the rider with a bow. We talked okay. We talked um, a little bit last week about um, we were talking about the seals and and I had said you know I've been raised uh, my whole life and always uh, taught uh, and believed um, pre tribulation, um, but I was reading and reading deep into the Bible and look, looking at the original Greek and the original Hebrew of stuff and just really going deep and asking God you know God I'm not prideful. Um, to say that when it comes to biblical prophecy that um, that everybody knows exactly what it's all talking about because there's it's uh, they don't there's no way that everybody understands everything exactly perfect and so I was like God show me 
some things and I began to look into some things that really stood out to me about biblical prophecy uh, as far as like Matthew 24 and how God kind of gives an exact timeline. And growing up, you would always hear people talk about Matthew 24 and they would act like it was something that would have to happen right now. But Jesus made it plain that these are the first of the birth pains that would begin the last generation with the world wars, World War One, World War Two, and the famine and the Great Depression. And then he said, you know, and the Jews being persecuted and killed um, with the Holocaust. Um, and those things were fulfilled all together in a, in a single line. And then he says, um, then he quotes Isaiah 66, that the fig tree will bloom again, um, which was um, Israel becoming a nation again in, in 1948 in May. And then he goes in, um, and then the book of Daniel says that some of these, um, some of these words and the knowledge of the Bible would be hidden away um, until the last days. And we know in 1947, a year before Israel became a nation, the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered. Um, the United Nations was formed in 1947. So from from World War One all the way to um, when World War Two ended in 1945, then 1947, the Dead Sea Scrolls found, UN found in 1947, and then Israel becoming a nation again in one day in 1948. All of those gave a, an in-detailed line of what Jesus said would begin the, the, the beginning of That's the birth right. pains, the first, the last generation before the end to where we would see him coming. Then he goes into next that there will be false prophets that will appear and will begin to deceive people. And then he says sin will be rampant everywhere. And um, and so we see that there was a lot of uh, false prophets that were birthed uh, around the 60s. You had the seeker-friendly movement that we talk about. The last church mentioned in the church ages of Revelation is the Laodicean church, which means the people's opinion rule. And um, the seeker-friendly church was literally birthed uh, in 67 by them going around and asking people what their opinion was. They sent out polls asking for the people's opinion. This uh, birthed the mega church movement in the in Revelation 3 in the uh, Laodicean church. It says, you're a church that is rich and you're increased with goods, but you're naked, poor, wretched, blind, and miserable, and you make me want to spew you out of my mouth. And so... Um, we, t- you know, that that explains it's it's crazy how detailed God is because literally that church started with the people's opinion being polled and the word Laodicea means the people's opinion. On the people's opinion ruled that church age and it was the mega church movement and it says that the church was rich and increased with goods. It was a huge church. So God is very, God is very explicit in details if people just realize how he, he gives everything in details. And so... Also, in 1967 was the Six-Day War of Israel, which was a very um, prophetic timeline in Israel as well. So things always, the church and what was going on with the church was also, you know, going along with what was going on in Israel. And so that's why you also know it was a very um, prophetic thing that happened when the church went down that path. Then we see in the 60s, in the 70s, in 1962, prayer was taken out of um, American schools. And in the 60s and 70s with sex, drugs, rock and roll era uh people turned in which uh, fulfilled the prophecy where god says sin will be rampant everywhere um that people will fall away and sin will be rampant everywhere that's exactly what happened um then that the next thing that he talks about then is he goes on and he talks about that uh, the gospel would be preached throughout the world well we know in 1975 satellite systems um began um began to come out and be birthed and then through the 75s and the 80s is, is uh, internet satellite Everybody systems. I remember those. It was around then. They were ginormous. 
Mm-hmm. And that that allowed for the gospel to be preached throughout the world. And I can remember even as a child uh, them talking about the first time that the, the Christian uh, television station went out around the world. And I remember I can remember uh, later on that they were talking about that uh, Saddam Hussein had stopped Christian satellite system and Christian um, television. He was one of the last countries that was would not allow it in. And the day that he died, it's right after he um, died, that uh, all of a sudden uh, Christian television was suddenly able to be viewed in that country as well. And that was the last country that had stopped it from being able to be even, you know, be viewed through there. So we see that that was the next prophecy. And something that stuck out in my mind when I was reading it is I noticed that the next thing that Jesus talks about is the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. And I saw, and I said to myself, well, why did he talk about the Antichrist before he talked about the catching away in, um, in Matthew uh, 24? That was something that stood out to me. And so then I, you keep reading, and then Jesus begins to talk about um, – uh, what's going to happen, and it's going to be, you know, uh, there's going to be things that, that are happening on the earth that's going to be bad, but then the next thing Jesus says is that before that great and terrible day of the Lord, the sun will go dark and the stars will begin to to fall, and the, and um, and then he says before the great and terrible day of the Lord or the day of the Lord's wrath, um, but it says, but first he'll gather his chosen ones from all over the earth uh, before the great and terrible day of his wrath. Then I begin to read in Thessalonians where um, he's talking to Paul's talking to the Thessalonian church and he says he's warning them about the Antichrist and he says I don't he was like uh, he's going to come in and he's going to deceive uh, those that would rather enjoy the pleasures of this world um, they will fall into a great deception and they'll be deceived into following this man and he was like but I don't want you guys to be deceived um, you know you stand fast and then you know and also in Thessalonians it says us that are still alive and remain um before the great and terrible day of the Lord, it says that, that we be, will be called up to meet him in the air. Um, and so uh, that stood out in my mind, and I began to look into some of these things, and then it was odd that um, I don't know who shared it with me, but someone shared me a video where um, a, a lot of Bible scholars um, and th- these Bible theologians were having this big meeting, and they were talking about how in the last 30 years, Bible scholars and Bible theologians have been studying the Bible more in depth because you can now because the Bible says you know knowledge will increase mm-hmm. in the last days we are able to tap into things um, that we could not before we can tap into books and in and, and, um, Hebrew history and and things like that that before you know you could you just could not tap into with just you know clicking some fingers um, there was even you know archives and Jewish museums that you could not get um, until you because you couldn't buy books from them these are you know Things that are that are behind glass that could you know fall apart, but now you can you you're able to read these things, and so, and God begins to reveal and unveil things the closer that we get to the end, and so they, they were talking about how they've noticed some things, and it was the exact same things that I noticed that made myself begin to say, wait a minute, you know they they talked about Matthew 24 and how Jesus said everything in order, and why would he just suddenly throw that part out of the order? And then they and then they talked about um, Thessalonians, and they brought that up. Why was he talking to the church, you know, uh, and telling the church about this? And then they they brought up Revelation, and how he tells the Philadelphia church, which is the church age before us. Um, this church age came at the Great Awakening. 
uh, in the not the early 1900s, 1906, 1907 was the Welch revival, <coughs> uh, the Azusa Street revival, when the Holy Spirit was poured back into the church. And um, I know there's a lot of preachers that are talking about the Great Awakening, and um, but I just want to tell you guys, um, all they've got to do is do a little bit of history. That's happened already. Yes. The Great Awakening has occurred, and Joel chapter 2 prophesied it. It says, before that great and terrible day of the Lord, that God will pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, that... Um, and he says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. You know, your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And he says, the former and the latter rain together. You know, he'll pour out the former and the latter rain. Well, then that was quoted in Acts chapter 2 by Peter when he stood That's up. Right. And he said, this is the beginning of what Joel was talking to about the great outpouring that was coming. That was the former rain. That was the first part of the promise of Joel that started the Gentile church because the Gentile church age began in Acts chapter 2. Um, it, and, and technically, really Acts chapter 10 because the Holy Spirit was given out which caused us to be able to be born of His Spirit in Acts chapter 2. But in Acts chapter 10, the first Gentile household was filled with the Spirit of God and that was Cornelius' house. Cornelius was a Roman soldier and they were the, the the Jews said that the Gentiles could not be born again and could not be saved. Um, but uh, and but then when they saw Cornelius, his family were all filled with the Spirit. The Jews said, "Well, Gentiles must be able to be born again because look, God has given them His Spirit. Because Jesus said we must be born of water of repentance and be born of the Spirit. So they saw." that the Spirit of God was now living in the Gentiles, which means that God had accepted them as His own. That is the mark of God. You know, we talk about the mark of the beast, um, but the mark of God, the Bible says clearly, is the Holy Spirit that seals us until the day of redemption. It is, it is our ticket to heaven, because if you have the Spirit of the living God living inside of you, um, then His Spirit is going to quicken your mortal body like it did Jesus's. Um, it says the same Spirit, the Bible says the same Spirit that lived in Christ Jesus lives in us, then He will quicken our mortal bodies when we die, and we will go up to meet Him in the air. So it is His Spirit that brings us up to meet God in the air because we belong to Him, and we have the same spiritual DNA is God now. And so this church started then with the first outpouring. And I don't want to get into a lot of church history because it may bore some people. It's fascinating to me. But when the Roman um, Catholics um, joined together with the Roman paganism, joined into the ch with the church, there was 10 Roman um, generals that killed and massacred and martyred the Christians after Jesus died. After Jesus died, they came in, they destroyed the temple, they martyred the Christians, they were martyring the Jews, they were killing them. And there was 10 of them that were doing that. And, but then Constantine was the last one, and he decided that he was going to marry the church with Roman paganism. And that church age in the Bible, it talks about that. And that's the church age Pergamum. Pergamum means marriage or elevated. And that was the church age where the church decided to marry into pagan, Roman paganism. And, um, and when that happened, they turned the church into the dark ages. Um, and the Holy Spirit left the church. And there was no more miracles. There was no more praying in the Holy Spirit. There was no more, you know, uh, people being raised from the dead because the church became a government entity. It had joined in with Rome and it had become the great whore. Um, the false church and so the spirit of God left it but then we know there was a man named Martin Luther during the great reformation 
that wrote the a thesis called The 95 Things Wrong with the Roman Catholic uh, Church, and he, uh, he nailed it to their door starting the Great Reformation, which caused the Protestant churches to be born, which ultimately caused America to be birthed with the Puritans and the pilgrims that came over here for religious freedom. But um, the Spirit of God did not return back into the church until... Um, the 1900s when the great outpouring and the great awakening took place and that was with the, the Welch revival the Zuzer Street revival that's when all your uh, charismatic um, Pentecostal Church of God Assembly of God um, churches were birthed and that's also when missionaries and evangelists spread out all over the United States and the world and um, the United States sent out tons of missionaries all over the world and tons of people began to be saved uh, all this took place as the last outpouring that was what Joel prophesied the latter the latter that there would be a former and there would be a latter uh, movement of the Holy Spirit so he poured his he poured out his spirit and he poured out his spirit again and um and that began, uh, that was also a prophecy that took place. But then the last prophecies that take place is a great falling away. Because in Thessalonians it says, don't be deceived. That day cannot come until there's first a great falling away. And then the man of sin, the lawless one, will be revealed. Mm-hmm. And then he says, then, you know, I'll, I'll call my people up and they'll, you know, the great day of the Lord will come. And so... The great falling away is the last thing that it, that the Bible talks about in the Church of Philadelphia. They were the ones that saw this great awakening. They were the ones that were spreading the gospel all over the world. And he tells that church age, he says, I'm going to save you from the time of testing that's coming upon this whole earth. And, um, and every great man of God and woman of God you've heard about throughout history, um, you know, the, 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 the generals, the, of, the our generals faith. of our faith, the pioneers, the ones that did the great um, revivals and healed the sick and the Smith Wigglesworth and the, um, and the well, Chip Love Shambok, the Shambok's and the, mm-hmm. the, the, the um, all the, the Catherine Kuhlman and, you know, there was a, there was, Amy Simple to McPherson. I don't even know if everybody knows the names I'm saying. But there were so many of these these great people. They, they've all went to, on to be with the Lord because the Lord said, I'm going to save that generation from what's coming upon the earth. Um, the generation that's seen Israel uh, become a nation in one day, they, won't, they wouldn't pass away. No, and he so, said, but that... Yeah, well, they're 73, <laughs> 73 years 73. old. So then he tells the one, that, okay, but, but this generation, the one that saw Israel become a nation, and then the one that sees this great falling away that we saw coming happen in the 60s, mm-hmm. the 70s, and so forth, he tells this generation, you're going to go through, in Laodicea Church, he said, I'm going to try you by fire. You're going to go through persecution. And he said, then those that come out of it with your robes cleansed and white, um, and Laodicea means the church, pe- church the, just the people's opinion. Which rule. is what we see, buddy. We see and too. man, have we, have we not seen that boom yes. in the last 20 yes, years? People, Try the last five. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's gotten crazy. The, the people's opinion matters. You can, you can absolutely quote straight <laughs> Bible scripture and they will shut you and down because they believe this is what it should be. Whatever that is, and if, if it's not the people's opinion rule in these days, buddy, I don't know what oh, it is. We're definitely, well, let me definitely let me add this to that. Um, you know, I have been involved in praise and worship as a musician for many, many years. Many, 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 many. And one church that <laughs> I was playing at a few years ago, um, 
the, the pastor, one Sunday morning, he said, well, we can't do that song on Sunday morning because things might get out of hand. The song is too spiritual. And I thought, well, what are we here for? Exactly. Oh, Lord have mercy. He wanted, I wish. He wanted, I he wanted wish his idea for how the church, the service to go to, to go to be overplayed before what the Holy Spirit wanted. Well, they yeah, they wanted they wanted, okay, you know, start at eleven, eleven oh five this takes place, eleven oh seven this takes place, eleven twelve this takes place. And right about the time the spirit would start moving in people, they cut it off. Would they would cut it off. An announcement and mm. move on to fellowship. Yeah, and we've been, we've seen that. Before we have absolutely been forced to sit in those type of services. It's terrible. And yeah. I don't sit in those anymore. Mm-mm. No sir, <laughs> us either. <laughs> well, I mean, this this church age is just. Um, it started with the smallest things, you know, like um, it, it's it start it starts with slow fades. It starts with. You know, telling people that God is, well, for one, I've talked about it before on here, the church started talking about being saved instead of being born again. Um, being born again, stop being what was preached, and people started saying you're just going to get saved. Um, they, they stopped talking about being born of the Spirit and only talked about being forgiven. Um, and so those two things you think is not a big deal, but it is a huge deal because it changes everything. Because if I tell somebody that they can ask someone to forgive them, and then they are ultimately saved forever. That is a big difference in telling someone you've got to be born again of his spirit. You've got to become regenerated, become a new person. Uh, his spirit's got to be breathed into you. And you've got to now, what comes natural to you will be the nature of God. That is a huge difference because the Bible says they won't even believe it unless someone tells them. So for many, many years now, people have been told that if you ask for forgiveness, you're saved. And then the reason that um, John Calvin was able to teach eternal salvation with predestination was because he he stole that from a, a, a pagan, um, Augustine, uh, that was uh, got it from Buddhism and Zophorism and and um, Gnosticism combined. And it, he took those, and it, the reason that that was able to take is because of that one change of word saved instead of you must be born again, because to be saved means that you're already there and it's done. That's right. And being born again is the first part of getting your salvation. Mm -hmm. We are first forgiven and then we're justified just as if we've never sinned. We're washed clean. And then we're regenerated. We become a new creation in Christ Jesus. And um, and so... Ooh, this cool. this this is a process that takes place because the Bible says we work, we walk out our salvation with fear and trembling. There you go. And that he explained it all. And he right. said, "Those that endure till the end shall, shall be, be saved. saved." He tells us, "Be careful that you don't lose your own secure footing." Uh, and then he even says, "Be careful that after teaching others, you yourself can still make it, and uh, and that you yourself uh, can make it through." So there is a difference. I explained it to someone like this, and I I wanted to say it real quick here. Being born again is like coming out of Egypt, that the children of Israel, they were in bondage, they were in captivity, they had no control of their self, and that's how we are before we're born again. The nature of the Gentile nature that is upon us controls us. And God pulled them out of Egypt. But then they had to walk out their journey to get to the promised land. 
And our inheritance is our salvation. We inherit eternal life, the Bible says. We inherit that from God. That is something that we're going to get is the salvation of our souls because salvation means we're saved in the end that we made it. But we are given the free gift of being born again. We, he, we didn't have to pay to get renewed or regenerated or get a new spirit. Jesus gave us his spirit. And so I said it like this the other night. If I go to the store and and I get and someone gives me money to buy fruit, I went and made a purchase and I brought fruit and brought it back. I didn't pay for that. It was given to me. It was free to me. But the, the, but the proof that I made a transaction is that I now have fruit. And Paul said it like this. I'm not saved by my works. I was saved by faith, but faith without works is dead. So I'll show you that I truly received this regeneration from God because now I'm able to do good works. He was like, I was born again unto good works. So in other words, as a Gentile, I was not even capable of being able to do good works. But now that I've gotten a new spirit, I can now do good works. And it proves the fact that God gave me a new spirit by the fact that I can now do good works. And so that we that that one switch is what caused the people's opinion to rule because now people, no matter what you say, they believe this greasy grace, mm-hmm. sloppy agape um, doctrines that have gotten out. Well, every church out there, there's a couple questions on there that's pretty long if you want to start reading. There's every every church out there, it seems, well, not every, but the majority, there's still a remnant God has that is that is that is not that that's still true but but the majority of the churches are teaching and preaching the greasy grace Mm -hmm. even the ones that have always been true to the gospel but they uh, the pastors and the and the teachers now are are dry Mm -hmm. they have no anointing so there's no water and people are looking for something real they're looking for something tangible they're looking for Mm -hmm. god because they're lost and they're they're miserable in their sin and they're wanting something and they go to church and there's a dry dead service there's Mm -hmm. no anointing there's no water there's no change they're told they're saved and and they 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 start to form their own opinions because they don't read their bibles mm-hmm. they're not yeah. taught biblical things any any longer mm-hmm. it's just all a, a, a mm-hmm. very generic messages preached there's no one brought from their comfort out of their comfort zone to 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 feel their sin and the weight of their sin to go to the altar they're not doing altar calls anymore because that makes people uncomfortable so because there's no anointing they're starting to change their 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 message so that mm-hmm. they can bring people in mm-hmm. and people can feel more comfortable they're trying right to win now. people there. they're trying to win mm-hmm. people by feeding into what the people want, the people's opinion, is because they're not giving them what Jesus gave them to attract people. Jesus didn't have to have all that. Mm-mm. Jesus set them free. Mm-hmm. If they were sick, he healed them. Um, if they were vexed with demonic spirits, he delivered them. He didn't have to have um, things like that. Now, did Jesus, did Jesus feed them? Yes, because they were there and they were hungry. And that's our job as a church as well, to feed the hungry, help people. But he didn't have to win them over by anything theatrical because right. he had the real deal. And you don't need theatrics if you've right. got the real deal. That's right. Um, okay, the answer to this question, it says, I have a question if anyone can help me. I've seen the book of Revelation, and the first question I have is, where in the chapters are we thinking that the rapture takes place? 
Um, okay, I've always, like I said earlier, I was always taught that we were um, pre-tribulation, but I think sometimes that we might not understand exactly what the Lord's the difference between the Lord's wrath and tribulation. The Bible tells Christians that we'll have many troubles and tribulations in this world. Uh, it, it tells us that we're going to be persecuted sometimes. In the in chapter three of Revelation, in the Laodicea church. He tells us we're going to be tried by the fire. We need to have our clothes purified by the fire. Well, if you go to 1 Peter 1 and 7, it says the fire that purifies the church is persecution uh, that we're going to go through. It says, so the trials of persecution, the church will be purified and it will see and it will divide to see who's really with God and who's not. Because a lot of people, if any kind of persecution hits them, they're gone. Um, And so God says, I'm going to purify my church and see who's really got standing ability. And so they're in the, in the book of, um, Matthew, where where Jesus was talking um, about when he would gather up his chosen ones, he says he will do it right before this, the the great and durable day of the Lord's wrath. Um, he says that that day that the sun will be darkened and the stars will fall from the sky and there'll be and there'll be a shaking on the earth. Then if you go to Joel chapter two, it says right before the great and terrible day of the Lord's wrath, the sun will be darkened, the stars will begin to fall, all those things. And then when you go to Revelation and you start with chapter five. Let's start with chapter Revelation chapter 5 and 6. Let's see. This is where um, he begins to open the scrolls and the seven seals um, are broken open. And he begins to go through the seven seals. Uh, and the first of them, it talks about the white horse uh, coming down. And, you know, a lot of people have said, oh, is this... is is this white horse the Antichrist? And that was something that we talked about and we thought about ourselves before. This is good. But in the book of Zechariah, it talks about four horsemen that God uses that are angels that are that 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 patrol the earth. And God uses them to bring judgment on the earth. But God tells them in different um, prophetic books in the Bible, and in the book of Zechariah it says, Look, before you go and you um, and you begin to, you know, bring wrath and you begin to do these sort of things he says first i want you to to mark my people and um and and you know go let this let this guy go put a mark on their head before you do anything and then so then we see these four horsemen again in revelation four and so these horsemen all represent things that happen to me more than actual people that take place because you know um you've got the red horse that represents war and then you've got, you know, the, the pale horse or the pale green horse represents famine and disease, things like that. And so these are more things that happen on the earth because the earth, the Bible says, begins to, to you know, mo- moan and, and, and things begin to happen before the great and terrible day of the Lord. The, the, the earth knows it. And so... Um, when you say angel patrolling, are you talking about like a principality level? Well, it just says there's four. He says that four horses in Zechariah, uh, in different um, prophetic books, it talks more about these four horses, and they're different color horses too. Like they're red, yep. you know, and, stuff, and they're patrolling the earth. And God uh, sends them out and to go and do, ju- you know, judge and do judgment because some angels God uses to do judgment. Um, well, let's We've think. We've got to go through those horses. Uh, yeah, we'll go through them. But the first, I wasn't sure if you meant the horses or like I, I wasn't sure what you were talking. I came in. You know, there's it. there's times that God, the, well, God even sent a spirit to torment Saul. He allowed an evil yeah. spirit to torment Saul. When you use the word allowed. That's important. 
Well, he sent it. Mm-hmm. It said he sent it. You know, it didn't. It, um, and that seems strange to people, but God still is over everything. God sent a, the angel of death, you know, to take the firstborn of, of Egypt. And so uh, these are God. God uses everything, uh, even to for His will, even the bad. God allowed. Now, on the allowance part, God allowed Satan to come against Job. Um, but the God's, devil had to ask. Right, right. But God told him, go ahead. So God still has communication to some point with these things because he wouldn't have sent a death angel. He wouldn't have sent um, a, a, a demon to vex Saul. Um, and then and the, and then the Bible, it talks about this uh, the king that is telling he wants to hear what he wants to hear. And so it says, God asked the spirits in heaven who's going to go and, and tell uh, these prophets to, to lie to him and yeah. tell him what he wants to hear. You know, and oh, so, so you know, th- those are things that people need to think about. So, who are these these four horse that are he's talking about in Zechariah? It just says that that that, um, that they control they patrol they're patrolling the earth, and he tells them to hold back before they do anything. Well, then it, we got four horsemen again here that are colored, you know, just like in Zechariah. It, it talks about it, and um, it, I think it's Zechariah. I'm pretty sure it's Zechariah. Uh, that, but I'll go back and look at it to be sure, but I'm almost positive it's Zechariah that the four horsemen are in. But the first one we talked about last week and where we were just talking about how strange it is that um, that it was wearing a corona, a crown on its head, and it was carrying a bow, uh, but that word in Greek means a toxin. Um, this is where if we were writing parts of the Bible, we'd say, reader, pay attention. Yes, reader, pay attention. <laughs> and uh, And so... So that was so that's the first seal, and it and it and it's it seemed that seal seems like it's kind of been broke to me, um, because a toxin and a corona, you mm-hmm. know, is hit. But then we look, and after the fifth seal, we see right after the fifth seal, the sixth seal is about to be broken, and it says right before the sixth seal, when the sixth seal is broken, it says that the sun begins to darken. Stars begin to fall from the sky, and all these things begin to happen before the great and terrible day of the Lord's wrath is is released. Um, and so it says, uh, as I watched, and this is in uh, Revelation 6 and 12, as I watched as the Lamb broke the sixth seal, there was a great earthquake. The sun became as dark as black cloth, and the moon became as red as blood. Then the stars of the sky fell to the earth like green figs falling from a tree, Shaken by a strong wind, um, the sky was rolled up like a scroll, and all the mountains and islands were moved from their places. Then everyone, the kings of the earth, the rulers, the generals, the wealthy, the powerful, and every slave and free person, all hid themselves into the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they cried out, said, Fall on us and hide from us from the face of the one who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come. Who is able to survive? Well, we know that Thessalonians says that we are not accounted for his wrath. He says before the great and terrible day of the Lord uh, that we will be all of us that are still alive and around will be caught up together to meet him in the air. Because we, as Christians, if you're a born-again Christian that is living for God and you have got your, you know, you have made yourself ready for his return, um, you are not going to go through the Lord's wrath. But he does say we will go through persecution and we'll go through trials and we'll go through tribulations. Um, and so that's where people are kind of, you know, iffy on it. Um, and so if what I see, everywhere I see it, I see that God says we will not go through his wrath. 
Um, I also see that when it talks about those in the fifth seal, that it says that they had um, they had kept their witness for God and they had stayed strong for God, and so they had received white robes. And it tells in Revelation in the Laodicea church, it says the exact same thing to them. Um, to the Laodicean church, it tells them that, but he says that uh, I advise you to buy me gold dry by the purified by the fire, yeah, and white garments so that you will not be ashamed of your nakedness, and ointment so your eyes will be able to see. I will correct and discipline, which is the whole point of tribulation. I just want to say is the discipline and the correction of God. Um, I will correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Because look, I'm standing at the door knocking. So if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone that has an ear, I want them to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Then, the, So the first chapters, what it, it's talking about the, ch- the churches, this is giving you a timeline from the very first church that, G, that started in, in the book of Acts all the way, and if it I've went through it in past podcasts. You can watch and explain the church ages, each name of each church, and what it says about the church explains exactly how the church was throughout history. And we're at the last church age, and he's talking to this church age, and he tells us then, you know, you're going to go through some things, but then we also see after the sixth seal that there is suddenly a bunch of believers up in heaven. And they're singing songs uh, to God of redemption. And um, and so that's the first place you really um, see the church. Now, I have always taught and been taught myself, I've taught it myself, that the 24 elders could represent the church. But there's really nothing that says that. We've just always said that. We've always said that the 12 uh um, the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles of the New Testament church, that it just equals to them. Because the King James Version of the Bible translates a song that is sung by the 24 elders that says, you have redeemed us. And so it was always taught that that song was sung because it was from the church that had been redeemed. But if you go back to the original Greek, that's not what it says. He, the, it says that they were singing, the 24 elders were singing because you have redeemed them from the earth. And so that changes it a lot because there's a difference between if somebody's singing you've redeemed us than if they're singing you've redeemed them. And so there is other books in the Old Testament um, that where the prophets are speaking and they talk about a council of heaven. And they talk about like a heavenly host and a council of heaven. And so if you if you compare that with some of the Old Testament prophets where it talks about councils of heaven, so, and, I, and I was watching these Bible theologians the other day because everything that I have kind of discovered that is what they were showing that they had discovered. And But I was wondering what they thought about that. And they, and they were talking about how, you know... Um, that they believe it's a, it was it's a heavenly council. The twenty four elders is a heavenly council of heaven, mm-hmm. um, of of I guess the high angelic beings or whatever. Um, but the first time that you read in the actual revelations where it it actually says that you see believers uh, in heaven is um, it says I watched the Lamb break the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake and the sun came and then it uh, then he tells. 
these angels, the four angels, there's the four again, at the four corners of the earth, which is what it says there, holding back the four winds so they don't blow on the earth or the sea or any tree. Uh, he tells them, um, and they're carrying the seal of the living God, and he tells uh, them not to harm anything and wait until you seal the people on their foreheads and the, the 144,000 again, which sounds just like, again, the four horsemen that he talks about in Zechariah and the four horses he was talking about there. And then all of a sudden, you see in 7 and 9, a great vast crowd from every nation, tribe, and people, and language are standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb, and they're clothed in white robes, which is what he just told us he'd give us and let us in church. And they're holding palm branches in their hands, and they're shouting with a great roar, Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. And the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders, and say, uh, and the four living beings, and they all fell before the throne with their faces to the ground, and they all worshiped God together. So that's the first time you see believers in heaven is right after um, the fifth seal uh, and before the sixth seal when the sun is darkened before the great and terrible day of the Lord's wrath. So the more I'm beginning to look at it and the more I'm beginning to believe it, um, I believe that there's going to be a few things that takes place with the four horsemen of the apocalypse coming down um, and then the and then the rapture and then the great and terrible day of the Lord's wrath. There's nowhere else and the, there's nowhere in the Bible that it says that he's going to keep us from any kind of tribulation and it wouldn't even really be fair if he did and I'm going to tell you why I don't know that tribulation is going to hit Alabama um, as hard as we're all going to be murdered there's Christians being murdered right now uh, in Afghanistan but we're going to go through some stuff some persecution some things and would it even be just and fair of God to allow us not to when every other believer throughout history had to. I've thought about that also. Yeah, I mean, how... I think you mentioned that last week. Yeah, well, I mean, as Americans, we just think that we don't have to go... And that's the American... That's the way the church has twisted the gospel to where it's all about being blessed. Mm -hmm. If you get... People are now getting born again, and they're... Well, they're not... I don't even think they're really getting born again, but people are now saying they're saved and coming to God because they think they're coming to God for blessings. If I come to God, he'll fix my life. If I come to God, he'll bring me back. He'll fix my marriage. If I come to God, he'll, he'll, he'll heal my child. If I come to God, he'll do this. But the Bible says, take up your cross and follow me, that if you have to lose your life if you're going to find it. And he tells people, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be hated. You're going to be said all manner of evil against for my sake. Um, Jesus never said that we're not, if you come to him, that it's going to be roses. He says that you're going to get an eternal reward, mm -hmm. but that you're going to go through some stuff on this earth. Mm -hmm. And well, that's... Said, Fear not, for these things must come to pass. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, well... There, there were some of the dreams that I had at the time I was writing the, the book that... And it was several dreams where I could see the, the people, we'll say of the world, that was just in chaos, frantic, trying to find provisions that they needed. But the people who were following God, the people who <coughs> who knew the word and how to pray, uh, they were symbolized as, as pushing full grocery buggies, you know, symbolized as having plenty of, of what they needed that God was still to get taking by. Care of God was taking right? care of them. And, and even in uh, some of the dreams where it was as a storm that was taking place. Yeah. It was like a real physical storm. And uh, the people who were 
in their prayer closet that knew how to survive through prayer and the word, and they could hear the people outside in the chaos and the storm being blown away, but they were perfectly safe. So I, you know, I'm saying that to go along with what you're but yeah. even you got to think about this too. I thought about this. Paul, when he was sitting in a rat infested prison, he said, I've learned to be content in whatever state yeah. I'm in. You know, um, you've got the Stephen, what I was telling our church the other day that while he was being stoned, he mm-hmm. looked up to heaven and was like, Man, I see Jesus sitting in the clouds. He was, mm-hmm. he was getting stoned and he didn't care. Like, he didn't even care because the Spirit of God came over him so strongly. And I told them, Jesus came and he was persecuted and killed and murdered. Mm-hmm. And his spirit now lives inside of us. He's going to take it for us, even if we have to go through something. The spirit of God is going right. to overwhelm us until where he comes over us and takes over. Mm-hmm. And so we'll have supernatural boldness, mm-hmm. supernatural, you know, um, fear. And I and, and you know when the when the plagues were even happening to the Egyptians, the Israelites were there. And I don't know how much of anything may have affected them to some degree, but it was. The, the plagues were not there to attack them. The plagues were there to attack the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they may, but if there's flies everywhere and, and things like that, I'm sure that to some degree mm-hmm. it affected the Hebrews, right. but it wasn't necessarily directed at the, the, the Hebrews. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what I mean. I wasn't meaning it that, yeah. you know, they were just totally 100% but, but uh, you're free. Right. But, yeah. but, you know, they were there. They were being affected, but, not but like yet the God was still taking care of yeah, them. Yeah, and he will. Yeah. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging bread. Right. But that don't mean that we may we may not have the lifestyle <laughs> we're used to yeah. right now. Right. But a lot of that also comes with getting godly wisdom and having ears to hear. You know, um, well, God also... the Bible, too. I mean, most of the people like Moses and stuff are just human beings like anybody else, but they, you know, they're often regarded as larger-than-life figures and stories, but, I mean, they had a level of faith that set them apart from everybody else, right. and that was where that strength came from. And, and there's a lot of people in America that they're not going to be prepared for what exactly. is coming on the earth because of the 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 fake Christianity that has been taught to them, they yeah. haven't had to go through anything before. But the Bible says that going through things is what gives us perseverance. Yeah. That's, That's right. That, you know, all the trials that we've hated that we've had to go through, all the times that people have hated us or came against us or hurt us or sickness that we've had to overcome or or financial things that we've had to overcome, and we're thinking, God, why did you make us go through that? Because God knew that we needed perseverance. Mm-hmm. And he said it's these trials that work as perseverance. And so he was preparing us. He was readying us to be able to overcome anything that came our way because through everything we have went through, we learned faith. We learned that that we were getting through it, that we would come out of it because this is a temporal thing. Um, that, you know, uh, the, the tribulation is a temporal thing. Even the, the fights and the persecutions is a temporal thing. For that matter, this life is a temporal thing. And if what we're trying to get to is what matters. That's the, the promised land. You know, th- this life is like a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. I can endure anything if I know that it's short. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I can hold on if I know that there's something worth holding on for. And it's finishing that race that Paul talked about. Amen. You know, getting Amen. through to the end. And we, we're so close mm-hmm. that it would be crazy to give up now. It would. 
I mean, why give up now? We're seeing it all come at the very end of it. <laughs> with everything that is going on in our news cycles, with everything that's happening in our world, and, and everything that we have been taught our whole lives. I wasn't even raised in church, but I was still taught to look for these signs that are, that are going on. This is the things you don't do. This is the things you look for in the mm -hmm. last days, and you never, never, never do blank. And you, we're seeing all of those blanks being filled in right mm -hmm. now. The churches should be full of should people. Be. That's so sad. And it should, they should right. be piling in. And they've closed and down. We were talking about yeah. this today, and I can, I'll, I'll, I'll hush in a second. In 1999, I, I, I first was born again. And, and I remember... I didn't do it because of this. I truly gave my life to the Lord. A message was preached. I didn't even know that something about about somewhere it says that there's 2,000 years or whatever, but for some reason everybody was afraid that the Lord was going to come back when the year 2000 hit. Mm -hmm. I remember that. And the churches began to fill up mm -hmm. right before the end of 1999. Technology over and they were afraid that everything was going to shut down. I remember people. Generation, it was just reset to zero, and everything yeah. would. Die. Oh, I remember weird. people telling me that we were only promised two thousand years. Somebody said that, and that's the reason <laughs> that the churches were filling up. But I don't. I've never read that. Anyway, there's a lot of things that are, that people say that's not even in the Bible. But right. you know what? People believed them during Aztecs when, the, when they did the when Bible. The, when the yeah, new I mean, year hit. Yeah. On aliens and everything except Jesus, like yeah. The yeah. Like they believed the Aztecs, but they didn't believe the Bible, which right. has never, which has fulfilled all its prophecies. Aliens That's and everything. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll be, what does that Bible say? They'd rather believe uh, a lie. But when the, the point is, when the new year hit, the, the Lord didn't come back, and everybody that, that had came to church and given their life to the Lord up to that point. Oh, I know where you're going with that. They they dove out of church. Mm -hmm. They believed something that wasn't even true, mm -hmm. and they came in. And now mm -hmm. the signs of, of mm -hmm. revelations and, and all these other prophets are being revealed, and we see it coming to pass in our own. It's, this is really happening. Mm -hmm. This thing is in the Bible, and the churches mm -hmm. aren't being filled up. Yeah. And then yeah. what happened right before that was when the virus came out, churches shut down services. And then you had people that were staying out, and there's some of those people who have never came back. And some of those churches that was running 200 people that's running 30, 40, 50 people now. Yeah. So, I mean, Do you that know any Satan's... churches that are like that? Like, yes. Do you, you know some? Yes. Friends, because I, I know someone that, um, a pastor of a mega church in Texas, and I mean, um, and they said that it that it, it about killed their church mm -hmm. uh, because it, people quit coming. Um, that they had it was one of those mega churches where everybody's on, everybody's getting paid. You know, mm -hmm. um, part of the people parking the cars was on was on full time. You know, mm -hmm. pay. and they had to they had to shut down to where I think only the pastor. Uh, the church was able to get paid because they lost that many people wow. during it, and we were doing we were working on um, what we were doing, our books or whatever, uh, for the going through since we started. We 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 planted a church three and a half years ago, and we had our biggest growth the year that ev that everybody else lost. 
Because um, y'all kept going. Yeah, yes. because we never shut down. Mm-hmm. We never shut down. We we grew probably, um, I, I would say, 30%, had mm-hmm. probably 30% growth when other mm-hmm. people were having 50% decline or more. Right. Well, the church down. that uh, I'm involved with now, uh, they never shut down a service during 2020. And they grew all the way through 2020. Yes. And, you know, we told people, people told us to shut down, people told us to shut down. And we were, and they were like, people in the community will get mad at you, um, that, you know, they won't have no respect for you. And no offense to anybody in the community. But um, we were like, we don't care. Uh, if, they, if they're going to get mad at us for having church, then I don't think that they're the ones for our church. Absolutely uh, not. Because the church is here to heal. The mm-hmm. church is here for us to, and people don't get that, and I realize why they don't get it, because we've been in this lukewarm church age for so yes. long that people have not seen the miracles of God, but we have. Mm-hmm. And, and pastors. You know, so I've seen the miracle. I know that God does miracles. He does miracles mm-hmm. here. And so I still believe in healing, and yes. we still see healing. Um, we're the few and the proud that still see those things, and but we still see them, and so it's our job to be. It's our job to pray for the sick. And if you're not here, where are they going to go? Exactly. The pastors have lost sight that, that they don't work for the community; they work for God. Amen. Jesus yeah. himself used to call out hypocrites left and right, and uh, you know it seems to me a little bit hypocritical when you've got people criticizing. I'm not going to name a name, but a specific, very very big church leader who closes his doors during hurricanes while they're going through all of this and they're closing their doors to me yeah that's right that is hypocritical i mean if you're if you're i don't necessarily like that church leader you're talking about but it is hypocritical of them to do that that uh i agree if that well they're doing the same thing right the and you know what a lot of them i don't even think was a lot of people did not do it because of fear a lot of pastors did not do it because of fear. Not fear of a virus. They did it for fear of people's opinion. Yes. Because we're the latest at charge. People will get mad. Absolutely. People in the community will not like you. Well, we didn't we're we're not the church for people to like the community mm-hmm. to like us. For the for that matter, would we even be the church if the, if if everybody liked us. A sick, um, twisted uh, version of it. The Bible says, uh, beware mm-hmm. of the man that everyone speaks well of. Mm-hmm. Um, if you find someone that everyone speaks well of, which that goes, um, you know, if, 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 if the majority is loving something, then that's not a great sign that, um, you know, the majority nowadays is not worth the way you want to follow. Watch the majority and then do the opposite. Well, you know, it, <laughs> you know. It, it, the, I don't remember exactly how it was worded, but basically, you know, when Jesus was in trouble for, or got aggravated uh, because he was eating with the sinners and the people were criticizing him for it. And he yeah. said, basically, in a nutshell, he said, you know, think of me as a doctor. I'm not here for the well. I'm here for the sick. Well, I mean, the what's important, but so is the when. I mean, if you've got people, if the church is supposed to be there for the people that need it, they need to be there for the people when they need it. Amen. That's right. That's right. That's, that's, that's a good important. word there, too. Yeah, and if you're scared... I almost say something that's going to make people mad. I do that a lot. Um, 
If a pastor's scared to pray for the sick, then they have no business being a pastor. That's right. Exactly. I don't need you to lead me if you're scared. Oh, I got, I'll take it a step further. If a pastor is afraid to cast out devils or says, I don't do that, then they certainly don't need to be a and pastor. If you, based your, well, if you based your message around the fact that you're afraid people are going to get offended and walk out of your church, then you need to take it. You need to think, you know. Not, whose kingdom are you building? Right, right. You're not there to please people. You're there to tell people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. That's good. That's on them if they're offended, but you do what you got to do. Well, on what you said, uh, I was listening to what was supposed to have been a Pentecostal pastor, and he was up preaching, and he said, he said, if, if the devil manifested here, I'm going to be the first one hitting the, the front door. Huh. And I thought, well, what Why? are you doing up preaching? <laughs> And supposed to be a Pentecostal the shepherd, preacher. The shepherd's of scared of the wolf. Let me tell you That's something. That's what it is. The shepherd was saying he was scared of the yeah, wolf. Yeah, exactly. Let so me tell you shepherds something. can't be scared uh, of wolves. I'm going to hit it because I just uh, <laughs> preached a message on it. When when David went and, and, and to give his brothers all the, the food that his daddy sent him to, to take, he heard, he heard Goliath then at that point taunting and, and ridiculing Israel. The whole nation of men that were there to fight that war have heard that that giant uh, put down and 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 call out the the children of Israel for forty days already. He had been doing it, and there was one man that showed up, one young man that showed up with the spirit of God in him, and he defeated the devil. Mm-hmm. If you have the spirit of God inside of you, and that devil rises up and manifests, you don't run away from the fire. You run to the right. fire, and you cast that devil right. out That's because right. there's more power in you through the spirit of God than right. there is in that devil in that person. Exactly. Well, and even more than that, I mean, that that same kid you're talking about, uh, David and Goliath, I'm assuming, I, I kind of yes. zoned out for a split second. I'm ADD, sorry. Um but, you know, when you talk about the Spirit of God being behind you and the importance of that is not only was he a small boy that had the courage to step up and have obedience, which is the big part, you're blessed through obedience, is that little rock and that slingshot Come became on. a forty caliber bullet. <laughs> I mean, think about that. I mean, just because he obeyed that little rock, that the Bible says pebble turned into a forty caliber bullet and killed that dude. I mean... You know what that rock represented, don't you? Jesus. Up? Because mm-hmm. he was the rock. Mm-hmm. That's why I only needed one rock, one little rock. With the power of God, that little rock can become whatever you need when you need it. And one thing I like about that chapter too, uh, where it's talking about David and Goliath, I think it's First Samuel seventeen. Yeah. And if I remember right, it's verse eight, where Goliath said, "He said, if you can bring a man that can fight against me and win, yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, then." Me and my entire army Woo! will bow down and serve mm-hmm. you. Yeah, he said. But we'll be your slaves. But mm-hmm. if he defeats me, or if 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 I defeat him, then he will be my slave. Mm-hmm. That's right. Here they. If David, point. one man, if if David had not stood against the giant, the entire nation could have went back into slavery. That's right. No pressure, David. Man, that's wow. good. You know, that is, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's why we have got to stand so strong. Yeah, and we've got to form unity. We've got to be unified. The, the spirit, um, the enemy is about all about disunifying. And um, I, I, I wanted us to talk about for a second a, a couple of things that people are confused about. I want to say this in the scripture where it talks about your right hand or forehead. 
<coughs> if you look up the original Greek, that word for right hand is also the right side. I want to get uh, get that out to people. Uh, the original Greek, that word is right side. So little bitty things like that in translation, um, it, it, it's a big deal when it comes to uh, things like that. So people, I've heard people say, well, you know, if you get something, and I'm not saying that this thing is it, but I'm not telling you that it's not because I don't know. And if you hear anybody tell you for 100% fact they know, then you need to quit listening to them because that is very arrogant and presumptuous because what we do know is this, that they're telling us that you can lose a job. It's being mandated. You can't buy nor sell. I do know this for a fact. I know that it does have Luciferus in it. I know that. Well, I don't care what their fact checkers try to tell you. I promise you, go on the go on a website to buy Luciferus. To act like you're trying to buy it and that you are an actual place. And it, you will look it up and it will say for MRNA and it will say the word uh, inoculations uh, and there is a kit for it. So don't let them deceive you. It does have that in there because it is a bind MRNA is a binding agent and they use that to show that it has been that the binding agent took place. So uh, I know that and that's creepy because it's a name, it's his mm -hmm. name. Uh, so that gives me the heebie-jeebies. Um, they're messing with your uh, book of life because we know that DNA is even called by scientists the book of life. Um, and we know that in Genesis 6, when the fallen angels came down with man, that's what they did was mess with the book of life. They messed with the DNA and they mutated it and they did things like that. Um, and uh, so that that's something that, that we need to know. Another thing that we're going to talk about is worship. And I don't know, um, I know that... Um, I know that you love Nathan. Love, he loves to look into words too. He loves to um, to find out what the meaning of them is. But that's important. That's what the Bible says: mm -hmm. study. Don't just read. Don't just read or hear what somebody says. Go deeper. Study to show yourself approved. There's a difference between reading and studying. The Bible says, "Study to show yourself approved unto God." But there's different words for worship, and I've heard a lot of people say you have to knowingly worship the beast in order to receive this mark that he's going to give. You have to knowingly worship him. First of all, I wanted to say this. The beast is a governmental system at first. This beast that comes out, and we don't have time to get into it, but it has the um, the head of the lion like Babylon. It has a, the Babylonian head, and it has the leopard that represents Greece and Alexander the Great, and it has the Medes and the Persians and the uh, the, the symbols of those, and it has the dragon's voice, which is Rome. This is, this is something that come out of all these people, which would be Europe. Europe came out of Rome, and Rome was split in half, and Europe came forth. God told the ten, the Jews, the, the Israelites, there's seven giant nations that you are not to intermix with because they're stronger than you and they'll consume you. The ten tribes of Israel led by Dan and Ephraim intermixed with these giant nations and they became one with these and they lost their identity and they lost their language and they lost everything. And they came through and they became what we would call the European Empire because Dan became the seafaring people uh, and Ephraim became the Anglo-Saxons. This is something I talk in my book uh, about the uh, in the Antichrist bloodline. They came through, they became the European Union. The toes in the image of Daniel, that is the last, um, uh, the ten toes, it says is iron mixed with clay. Iron was Rome. 
um, and clay was the Hebrew people because they were made from clay that God made them out of. And it says that this came from intermarriage. And one was stronger than the other, which goes back to what God said when he said, don't mix with the seven giant nations. And then we see that um, this, this beast that comes out has the seven and the ten again. You're seeing the seven and the ten again, and you're seeing them mixed up. So this beast, there's going to be a person... Uh, eventually, it's going to show their little head out of it, but it is a system. It is the Europe. It is the United Nations system, the European system that comes out of it. And then this woman rides on this beast. She is where the the Israelites joined in with the pagan giant tribes. And then the church joined in as well. The church joined in during Constantine and the Romans. That now the church married into this too. So now the Jews have married into this evil stuff. Now the church has joined in with this evil stuff. And it has made this great horror uh, that we see. And this great horror system um, sits over the seven hills, which was at one time Rome. But um, she also now sits over the water of the United States of America. Um, she I does. See where you're going with that? Yeah. Um, she she well, actually she sits all over America. She's everywhere in America. Um, but there's different words for worship um, in the Bible. If you look up the original Hebrew and the original Greek, worship guys is not always bowing. When it says that they came and brought Jesus gifts uh, when he was a baby, that was a word that meant worship. Um, but they were bringing him gifts in homage to who he was. A form of tithe. Yes. Uh, there's another word for worship, and that is when um, that Abraham, and it, when the men came to visit Abraham, which were the angels, that he bowed low before them. Now, if you look up that word, it's the same as what we actually see the, um, the Islamic people, the Muslim people do when they bow three times on the ground. That was an old practice that Abraham did. When, even when they came, he would bow you know, to the ground. So bowing is a form of worship, but it's not the only form of worship. Then there's a form of worship, and I want you all to get this and bef before everybody stones me to death. <laughs> and the, the word is pledging allegiance to. Mm -hmm. That's why the, that's, I'm, I'm in a group. Nathan just got a, a hit moment. It's just something mm -hmm. hit him. And they yeah, pledged allegiance. That's what they wanted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to do. When I play the music, I want you to pledge your allegiance to the image of Babylon, to mm -hmm. this image that we've made that represents this great city of Babylon. Um, and so th there, there's a word that means anytime you pledge your allegiance to the image that represents something, a nation, a country, a thing, that is a form of worship. So people say, how would people are just going to worship the beast? They are not going to just worship. Wor you'd have to know you're worshiping the beast. Have we already been worshiping the beast? Mm -hmm. Which is why it's so important yeah. that they took God out of the pledge of allegiance. I mean, think. I mean, where did they the, take it out of it? I think they did, didn't they? Well, talk about it. Well, or something? let me go a little deeper. Let me go a little deeper with you on that. They never took him out because our God was never in. Well, that's true. George Washington <laughs> and our forefathers were um, Masons, uh, and they worshipped um, a, a different God than we yeah. worshipped. They talked about a God because if they were Christians, they would have said to Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. um, because uh, Christians talk about Jesus. Uh, they wouldn't have just said God. You got to uh, be careful which God. Which God? And my mother taught me that years ago. That's good. Um, I, I told y'all when we went to a Cherokee um, festival and they were praying to the great God and my mother elbowed me and said, they ain't praying to our God. Lift your head up. And I was like, oh yeah, because there is God. God says that Satan is the God of this world. And, um, and whether people like this or not, 
uh, Master Masons, um, they have a God, uh, and you know, you know what God that they yeah. serve, um, <clears throat> Baphomet, um, that um, is their God. And so when you're, just because it says God, don't mean it's our God. Plus, we have the great whore of Babylon sitting over our, our many waters all over the America. And so what God are we pledging our allegiance to? I don't know. but uh, And you don't know. Yeah, unless you're saying I pledge allegiance to Jesus Christ. Well, right. And, and the Bible tells us not to take any oaths of, of, mm-hmm. of allegiance really to anything. But you got to know what you're pledging your allegiance to because that is a form of worship. And so to say that everyone has to worship this beast... And this image that represents the beast, it could be very easy because how many things do we worship? Well, Another on a small scale too, they're using the word swear all the time. Like I swear to God or I swear that that's Right. Small, small side point, but... Right. Well, and then here's another word that means worship, and this is the one where it talks about um, where it says that they worship the beast. It's the word a, a dog or dog licking its master. Uh, is the Greek word that means when they said that they worshiped the beast, like a dog that licks their master or follows around. So let's talk about that for a minute. Dogs. What do dogs do? Dogs follow you around waiting for you to give them something to eat. They chase you around waiting for you to give them something, uh, waiting for you to pat their little head and tell them they're doing good. Um, And what does a socialist government do? I'll Mm -hmm. let you answer that, Nathan. Um, uh, what? How does? How did? How did Rome fall? Y'all, you know, um, what, what caused Rome to fall? What were the people doing to the leadership there? Worshiping them, basically. Yeah, because they were they were giving them money and food. They were well, they were giving them um, the the everybody depended on Rome to feed them, to give them everything, and that's how Rome got them to follow their leaders. Is because they they gave everybody everything. Yeah, well, that form they, of government is going back forever. I mean, look at the shape that the you know certain parts of the world are that have had that form of government have never made it. They they end up a bombed out ruin. Yeah. You know, by the time it's over. And that, but that, but they don't care if they're in it. The thing is, is let's get the people's allegiance to us. And how do we do that? We hand them stuff. We give them mm-hmm. stuff. And even if we're giving them stuff and it's coming, really, it's 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 we don't have it to give. Um, and what are we going through right now? Hey, this is hidden. Let's keep giving people money. Let's keep giving mm-hmm. people money. And it destroys it. It destroys the whole system because then people don't want, you know, I've always heard communists looks good on paper, but it don't work in real life mm-hmm. because people, you know, people are just dependent. And so you can very easily be like a dog following your master around because they're dependent on their master to feed them, give them everything they want, take care of them, and they lay up sitting on a couch waiting for their master to come home to give them their next meal. And so when it talks about worshiping the beast, that word means like a dog chasing and licking its master in Revelation. It's, it don't mean the word bow. It means the word following them around, licking them like a, like a dog uh, licks a master. And so when people tell you that, and then guys also, how did what did Satan, what did Lucifer say to, to Eve? Um, uh, and in the die. garden, what was his? What was his? What was? What did he promise Eve or say to Eve in the garden? Surely you won't die. No. What did he offer her? Do y'all, do y'all remember? That you'll be like God. Yep. He yep. said you'll be like God, just like him, knowing everything. He didn't say Eve, you're already made in the image of God, but when you do this, you're going to lose that, and you're and you're selling your ever living soul to me right That's now. Right. 
and and what's one of the biggest things the one of the biggest movements right now and has been since you mentioned the 60s mm-hmm. the new, age. The new age yeah. new age yeah, that mom you know teaching that we are that gods yeah that gods was, and, i was hoping that was gonna uh, come up God's in the tree and the through grass. Our, through and our increased holiness, we'll bring heaven on. What did earth. the What did the Pope the, the Pope said he was God on the earth? That's what they t- Rome. They said that he was God incarnated on the earth. What is the the new apostolic Reformation um, movement, which is a the charismatic movement with all these false prophets and all these prophets that a lot of people are listening to? They have thirteen thousand followers listen to them when they give a prophecy that don't even happen or come true, and then those people still follow them after another, what they said don't even come true. What does they teach? They teach that Jesus Christ is not coming to set up His kingdom on earth. They teach they're going to set up God's kingdom on earth because we are the manifestation of God on the earth. We, as the body of Christ, are the manifestation of God on the earth, and we're going to set up God's kingdom. And what is that? It is the same Spirit. That was in Lucifer in the garden, that you are like God. It is the same spirit that was on the Roman Catholic Church. It is the same spirit that is on the charismatic New Apostolic mm-hmm. Reformation movement that is going around right now that is almost every single person has gotten drawn into. These big-name preachers have gotten drawn into this big apostolic. If you don't hear a preacher teaching about the coming of Jesus Christ, the imminent soon-coming return of Jesus, I don't care if they're talking about a great revival. I don't care if they're talking about holiness. I don't care what they're talking about. If they're not talking about the coming of the Lord right now, mm-hmm. then you better turn it off and quit mm-hmm. listening to that person because they and, don't have ears to hear. And what did Paul say in Galatians chapter 1? Mm-hmm. He said if if anybody, even if an angel from heaven there you comes go. and preaches anything except what I have already preached to you, let them be a curse. Let them be a curse. Well, what about the fact yeah. that whenever you hear the big church uh, messages and stuff. There is a complete lack of the name Jesus in those messages, and it's all mostly about financial gain and growth. Well, I, I listened to one or movie series. You know, yeah. it's, you know, it's bad when all you hear is uh, you, 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 right. your there's life no now. Jesus anymore. When there's when Jesus isn't your main topic mm-hmm. and main subject of your lesson, get out of there. I listened to one very well known TV uh, evangelist not long ago just to see what he would say. And I'm not going to mention the man's name. He's a very large man with Did a deep voice. <laughs> and um, he spoke for probably 30 minutes, never quoted a scripture, mm. never said the name of Jesus. And, uh, and I thought, wow. When I hear all he that. He has changed so much from what he used to preach. Well, a lot years of them ago. have gotten involved in the new apostle. Reformation movement. And mm-hmm. if you want to know, am, am I listening to somebody that's in this movement? They're going to talk about holiness. They're going to talk about a great revival. They're going to talk about all these things that are going on. And there probably will be a great revival of repentance um, when all these things are occurring because a lot of people are going to be repenting. <laughs> so, that, so that's the kind of revival they're talking about, then have that at. But it's not going to be where they're a big old huge um, uh, person that, that's getting all these people coming and watching them because the day of the superstars over. There's, mm-hmm. you know, two more's coming, the Antichrist um, and, and Jesus Christ. Uh, but the, the superstar evangelist uh, days are over. Well, there's going to be the, the false prophet that sacrifies and glorifies. Well, the... speaking of the false prophet, do you have that thing about the Pope? Um, but anyway, so that's one of the words for worship. So guys, also... The Bible talks about towards the end of Revelation where it talks about it, those that would not receive the mark. These are people that had 
had people received it in the beginning with no problem. But then towards the end, those that still would not receive the mark, he begins to kill and slaughter because they still did not receive the mark. People are just going to willingly go do it. And then towards the end, the ones that did not willingly go do it, they're going to have to make a decision between life or death. Um, and so don't think that just because, hey, I can't do something without having to die or either worship. And no, these are the people at the end that would not get it the whole time. And then they have to make the choice. You either get it now or you die but remember there's going to be a lot of people that already got it before that point i mean go back and watch if you left behind movies mm -hmm. you'll see that a bunch of people have went ahead and got it and then towards the end the ones that are running and trying not to get it are the ones that have to come to a, a finality of are you going to get it or not so you know a lot of people are going to be deceived thessalonians says many will be deceived because they would rather enjoy the mm -hmm. pleasures of this world. And he tells them, you can't buy or sell or do anything, what, go anywhere. They went and did it because they didn't want to lose their rights to be able to work and buy mm -hmm. and sell. Because they'd rather keep their the life that they're living. It didn't say in the beginning that that's why they got it, because they worshipped them. Because remember, if you worship <coughs> a government system, if you are too much patriotism is worship. You can be too patriotic and it'd be worship. I, I, I love and I and I, I would not ever be a traitor to the land that I live in. And I know that my forefathers, the ones that that, that actually um, were in the military and, and fought, they fought and they gave their life so that their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren could be free. Mm -hmm. But our forefathers, as far as in our government system, have never been what they said that they were. Mm -hmm. Because they're all kin to each other, and they're all kin to England, the rulers in England, and they're all kin to the rulers in France, and they're all kin to the rulers of Spain and Germany and all that. And the same family has not been ruling us this whole time, and it'd be coincidental. But our forefathers that, war, that, that fought in the wars, they didn't know that. They didn't have any way to look that up back then and even know that. Well, didn't even have a choice, really. Right. And but they so yes, they fought for and I and I respect what they paid for. That's why I'm not giving it up <coughs> freely. That's why if I was an atheist and didn't even believe in the Bible or believe in God, I would not bow to this system because my grandfather was a he was a preacher, he was a man of God, he was also a war hero. Mm -hmm. And he fought and, and he and, and the I, and I'm not gonna give up the freedom that they fought for by letting the government have tyrannical right. control mm. and tell me what I have to do and whether I can go to church or not or what I can say when they fought for us to have the freedom of speech and the freedom of religion yeah. and the freedom and the right to our own bodies. Um, we're not, I'm not losing that, that right. Let me just say, I, I served three and a half years of active army. I was in infantry. That was one of the hardest MOSs you can get in. Mm -hmm. And I have heard many people say, I disagree with the, the founding farmer. You don't know. You've been just as brainwashed as I was into believing that uh, Big Brother is going to take care of you. But you need to understand that there's a fine difference between the knowledge that you were given in basic doing your thing because you let's just face it we we were told die for each other mm -hmm. which is a, a part of the brotherhood which is a normal and good thing to have but there's a point when it becomes over the top when you start to realize that the times are coming to an end and you're fighting for a, a changed system that was no longer what you were taught it to be 
And the fact that we're here now trying to explain to you that it is different. What you're seeing and what you believe is different from the truth that's being revealed to you uh, through everything that we've ever taught on this. Look at it. What I happens mean, when you can no longer trust the orders the truth. given? What happens when you can no longer trust them? I mean, I fought you beside people who have, who, have, who have died, and I, and I knew them and loved them as brothers. But when it comes down to what they fought for, uh, I honor that and respect that, but it's becoming tyrannical. And we swore to fight from foreign and domestic enemies. Yes. That's and right. what happens when you're domestic? Becomes an enemy. Well, right, I mean, that's a, yeah. We have it. If anybody, that's I'm a sure. Question. I was, I was also wondering. Well, most of the, well, what we just saw, um, we just saw yesterday where um, Biden stood up and said that it's not about your freedom, mm-hmm. and it's not about um, you and your your freedom. It's about people's safety. I just want to say Hitler said that. Um, And people say, oh, don't compare it. Why? They they said the same thing. He made the same speech that Hitler made. So why would we not compare it? And you know why people don't notice it? Because people do not read history. And if you study into what happened when Hitler was coming to power and the the brown shirts and, and the Nazi party coming to power, we see the same style of things and events happening today. Isn't it funny how serial killers have an M.O. and so does the devil? Absolutely. (laughs) It's so funny how you can see the dude coming half the time, but you got to be careful because it never seems to look the way you thought it would, this image in your mind, and And you don't see the 10-ton truck barreling down on you. They talked about people's safety. They talked about coming and getting people for their safety. I was reading about a woman that lived it during the time, and she said that they came and got the um, the people with mental handicaps and the and the older people, and said that they were taking them to train them, and to give them um, for their own good, you know, to give them something that they can do with their life, and they were training them or whatever, and uh, they never returned because they killed them. Uh, it was for their good, you know. Everything was for their good. Let me tell you something. Oh, and, he, and Biden also made the statement. He was like, "I'm here to." Um, to protect the, you know, the health of all Americans. No, you're not. You're here to work for the Americans. Yeah. That's what you're here to do. You're here to represent the American people. You're not. You're not our doctor. Mm-hmm. You're not our. You're not God. You're not a physician. It's not your job to care about whether we, what we do to our body or whether we stay healthy or not. For that matter, it's not your job to worry about whether I wear right. a seatbelt. I've always said that. Well, that That's matters. tyrannical. It, it, it seems that the people that they're pushing to get the jab. Are the ones that are getting the sickest. We, yeah, well, mm-hmm. we we actually say jabba jabba do now. Jabba jabba do. <laughs> well, there was there's They're a friend late. of mine. His Take brother was in a hospital in Florida with COVID, and the nurse told him said there's 65 COVID patients in this hospital, and she said, "You're the only one who didn't have the jab." Said the other 64 did, and they were all there sick so what good did it do anyway exactly a friend of mine a, a friend of mine that um that had um recently i started coming to church here she she got she got the jab and she came here on one sunday and she wrote me um the next wednesday and she said i'm feeling sick and then she wrote me again and she said uh, i just tested positive um, and she was here like a week or two, two weeks ago, but she just tested positive um, from um, somebody she went visited her family last week. I, 
I think on, she was here on a Sunday, I think like on that Tuesday or Wednesday, she went and visited somebody and then they test, they got started feeling sick. She started feeling sick. Well, she already, she got it. You know, she, so it, it's, it, obviously it's not, um, it's not keeping anybody mm-hmm. from getting any, anything, but they're pushing it, it so, it's, so it's hard. It's not reducing the symptoms. People mm-hmm. are still going to the hospitals at the same right. rate. The more still they getting push on it, the, the more we doubt I get from it. It's not you know? stopped the, the, whatever they, the variants from, mm-hmm. from all of that. It's, it's doing Nothing against the virus. Gage, can you pull up that that thing I have? I know we're running out of time. Yeah, pull up that thing real quick that I have that has a, a Biden statement next to Thomas Jefferson's statement, um, and the difference of what he said from what he. Um, yeah. And I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a little extreme here. I might just be talking to uh, if any of soldiers. Uh, okay, or, but before or, you do it, um, all of the opinions here do not necessarily represent. I'm just yeah. kidding. Okay. <laughs> Full disclosure: it's about to get extreme. No, if if I, I understand that the commander in chief, who is uh, our, our top command in the in the military and armed forces, uh, his word is law. However, there is one above him, and and thank God that even I was taught that, and all of y'all should have been taught that going through basic. But the moment that he said that it's not about your freedom or it's not about freedom, right then and there, a feeling should have welled up inside of you. And you should have said, that is not what I signed up for. Yep. That is not what I've said to do. And, and, and I'm not saying rebel, 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 but think. Think things through and don't just do everything you, you get told to There's do like you've been trained to do. part of your oath either. You need to be careful. Right. She's mentioned oaths and you need to take your oath very, very seriously. You need to dissect that oath and you need to understand what each and every word in that oath means. Yep. Well, here's an, there it is. Thomas uh, Jefferson, he says, those that give up freedom for safety deserve neither. This is what... Um, genius here said this is not about freedom this is for your safety are you sure that's read, not read those anymore? words thomas jefferson says those that give up your freedom in order to have safety deserve neither and then now this one says this is not about freedom this is for safety he's saying literally the opposite of what he said I don't, why I, was thomas jefferson I, saying this because he was a forefather of our yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, by the way, all that, I got to say this about that guy. If when you see him, he, he looks like my dad. If, oh, you if he had my you dad's just hair. Said that and I, I, I see yes, it now. I've always said that. Every time I, every time I'm holding, every time I'm, I'm like, dude, like, are we weekend to this guy? Hold on, what's he on? What's he on? Like, um, hundred dollar bill. Okay. That um. What you don't have much of? I'm just kidding. That um. Anyway, okay. This is this he's saying. Look, you're not going to give up your freedom, um, uh, for safety. And this guy's saying, hey, I quit worrying about your freedom. Give it up for your safety. Yeah. Literally the polar opposite. Why were they saying that? Because they were saying that because they were trying to start this uh new world over here and get a, a whole new thing going. And they were saying to, um, you know, to get away from the tyrannical government of England. You got to fight for it. You and so they're die. telling them, hey, you know what? You you, you, you might lose your life, but you got to stand for this because if you don't stand, nobody's going to get be free. And this, so this is the thing, guys. Quit letting fear overrun you. Quit letting them overrun you. Mm-hmm. Uh, quit letting the, and, and and I'll say this one more time. 
sickness is sickness. And the Bible says it's a, it's a man, any man to die and then the judgment. If it's not about freedom, then quit trying to take mine away. No. Uh, um, yeah. Right. It's, um, give, but, well, who was it that said, give me liberty or give me death? <laughs> Um, hell, I think. Well, the guys that Mel were Gibson. saying all these Mel things, <laughs> the founding fathers, the blue guy, the, blue guy. Yeah. the founding fathers that were saying all these things, this was, I mean, think of it as it coming from the horse's mouth. I mean, they weren't just, these was, this wasn't just an opinion. These dudes were sitting in a room facing death by saying these things. I mean, they were seeing this happen right outside their front door in real time. Yeah. And history repeats itself. I mean, yeah, if that's. 100% does. But there's your problem. Nobody knows the industry. That's right. They don't know it. They have, they have programmed from the time you go into public school, you're programmed to believe everything that they want you to believe about our, our history, mm -hmm. which a lot of it is not true. I'm just saying it's yes, not. Right. If you look into it, it's not true. Um, Christopher Columbus did not discover America. Mm -hmm. um, well, if he did, why was that? Well, how did other people get over here? Uh, I think they discovered it first. Um, you know, that... Um, that, but a lot of our history is 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 not what they say it is. And but from the time you're little, they tell you what you want to hear, and they begin to to program your mind. Also, right. they have our people so programmed now with social medias and Instagrams and TikToks and this and this and this and that that this whole generation don't know how to read. Oh yeah. They don't read books. They don't know history. If it's they know not nothing ten about seconds it. worth of information downloaded to you in, in a second, then you don't understand. Perfect generation to take over. Well, you know, mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier about how things don't oftentimes, in my experience, you get this mental image in your mind, and and it doesn't always manifest the. It doesn't look the way you think it would. So yeah. you don't notice what it is until Amen, it's over. Amen, brother. That's exactly what's going um, on right now. I've often wondered, you know, my grandmother, I often joke around that my grandmother used to preach on hell like she was born and raised there. She, uh, That's hilarious. She uh, had me, you know, <laughs> growing up on Left Behind in Omega Code. And, you know, Good you, job for Granny. I'm telling you, if it <laughs> wasn't for her. That's why you're here right now. But, you know, she, you know, I often watch these movies and, you know, the, the prophets coming forward and being killed and all of these things and the, the statue and everything that's supposed to happen. How how are these people, I would think, how would these people see all of this and not think, well, that's weird. Because I'm going to tell you why. But at, because that, time, at that time, Facebook didn't exist. TikTok mm -hmm. didn't exist. People weren't able to, I mean, how often do people get on the internet and see something absolutely nuts and just, it's no big deal. Another thing is pride in doctrine. When a lot of people, you know, I believe pre-trib, I believe mid-trib, I believe this trib, I believe, blah, blah, blah. this is what I believe, this is what I believe. Listen, let me tell you something. I don't know where the pride comes in because I'm a third generation ordained minister and I have studied the word of God in, in depth. And and I'll, and I, I and, and this is not a bit saying an arrogance. It's just saying the truth. I'll put myself up against anybody with the word of God. I know the Bible. I know it like the back of my hand. I, I, I teethed on the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, but there's not there. But do I believe that there's not a chance that with all this unveiling that we could have not seen something or understood it perfectly because we were trying to understand it from our view there and not from a, a front and center view of real time, 100%. And if, if I have not seen something that I thought was supposed to happen in the order I thought it was supposed to happen in, but yet somebody still says I can't buy or sell or work or go anywhere without something, I ain't taking it mm -hmm. because my pride in what my theology <laughs> is is not nearly as important as people 
uh-oh, so I'm not going to take a chance with myself, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not going to take a chance with other mm-hmm. people. I'm going to tell them, look, look, that's fishy right there, buddy. I'm not waiting to say what my theology says, and that's driving me mm-hmm. nuts on the on, – oh, that's driving me nuts. Well, I'm not and, saying that I believe that the the – the Jamie. coronavirus, I mean, I'm sorry, or whatever. I'm supposed to, the not what? supposed to say at this point. The, <laughs> the jab, the jab yeah. is, you know, the mark or whatever. But, you know, Jesus talked about, you know, fear not for these things must come to pass. But I don't know if we're at that point, but I do believe that we could be seeing things that have to come to pass for those things to come to pass. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm saying well, I don't know. I often think mm-hmm. of it as a point at this, like, and I mentioned it to my dad at, at home the other day. You know, you've always, you, I don't know if everybody's ever heard heard that uh phrase about uh boiling the frog to death in the skillet you do it slow enough and the frog doesn't even know that it's dying right you know you you get well, they people, started giving us stuff injected in us in the season you, you get used you get people used to just doing things because you tell them to and then i mean you're basically boiling the frog to death yeah and with, when this <coughs> as this comes along i've here's what wigs me out about it four years ago guys started talking to me about dna and gene manipulation then all of a sudden, God starts talking to me about certain genes, and then I start hearing that these certain genes that I wrote about, or they're talking about putting in people through these jabs. God warned me that for a reason. So this wigs me out. One, two, Luciferus. That's his name. I ain't putting nothing with his name in me in mm-hmm. in my body because he says with the mark of his name. And my DNA is my book of life, and and, and it, I'm connected to him in the Lamb's book of life. My DNA is the blueprint of God made me. And it was messed up from Genesis 6 and because I'm a Gentile and came through that line. But I thank God I was born again and I was given a brand new DNA. Amen. And Jesus died so that I could get this new DNA mm-hmm. that he gave me. And it's precious mm-hmm. to me to be in the Lamb's book of life. Nobody's touching the DNA that God has transformed into my being. And I am not putting the name of Lucifer anywhere near me or beside me Mm -hmm. or anything. And people could say, well, you're crazy. I don't believe this has happened yet. I don't believe this has happened yet. You don't know that your Friday's river dried up and that's revelation 16. Mm -hmm. That's supposed to happen. A third of the fish around the water, the world is dying. That is Past the, that's that passed puts us way on over. Yeah, it? so it and ain't happening. Everything ain't happening in the order mm-hmm. that you necessarily think it's going to happen in. But my gosh, it's happening. Five years ago, you know? we would sound absolutely nuts. <laughs> like, well, as time goes on, we're sounding less and less crazy. <laughs> and and look at mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, you know, God said that my people are destroyed for a lack, lack of knowledge, yeah. mm-hmm. which means to be demolished and ruined. Well, look at how blessed and fortunate we are because you know we both were taught from little up mm-hmm. you know we, we we've heard all this what's taking place today that it was going to take place so we're know, ready when we heard yeah you know years ago but just think how many people are in churches today where the pastors don't even know it no. well, they're not, so they're, they're not, not just, teaching it they're not so just the people not teaching that there's yeah, not a hell. They're they're teaching that there's not a hell at this point. So they don't know what we're talking about. So if they're not learning it from podcasts like this and teachers like like you, so many of them are never going to hear it. Yeah. So um, that's sad. You know, we were really privileged. 
very privileged, very blessed, and I think sometimes that some of us God even handpicked to be where we're at. Yeah, yeah. I believe that just for such a time as this. Yeah. Was because that, was we've that? been trained. Uh, because the Bible says, hold tight. To, Paul told Timothy, hold tight to what you've been taught. Mm-hmm. For, for You know those that taught it to you. You know how they live their life. Um, you know, I, there's things that God has over, revealed to me that my grandparents didn't get to know because they didn't have, they weren't living in this time where God's speaking to us so prevalently. Mm-hmm. But... Um, well, the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. Many have a Bible in front of them and in their household, but only few of them choose to open it and yeah. actually learn. Who do you right. listen to right now is the most it's life or death. And it choose really your is. leadership wisely. You have a choice to choose your leadership mm-hmm. and make sure that you that 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 person. I mean, we mm-hmm. were supposed to emulate Jesus, and Jesus raised his disciples to be leaders in his stead. That. To be a servant leader, if you, you were looking a for a pastor a that was that was like Jesus, right? And uh, what would what would what would that pastor need to to represent and do as we close by all the other churches? As as, as as we close this up, what if it, do they need to speak well? Do they need to do that? What what would it that this what would it be that they would need to be to do? To know that they're hearing from God, not just a feeling, not just because they sound good, because they're charismatic, because the, the Antichrist is going to be charismatic. Um, he, well, you know what? I believe he's here on the earth now. He is charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um, you can ask them and have them uh, discuss it in the comments. Well, yeah, that's good not live. well uh, I mean, I'm asking y'all, what do you think? What is some representation of, of somebody that's Christ-like? Follow me as I follow Christ. Well, my biggest one would be that, you know, as far as you know, Jesus Himself. I mean, you know, being a, being a leader doesn't mean pointing your finger and telling people what to do. You can't be a good leader without being a good follower. And Jesus was a servant leader. He 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 nurtured his people. He took care of his people. But he also led his people and held his people accountable. But he put himself on their level. He didn't lead from the back. He led from the front. Right. He, he didn't differentiate between master and servant. No, he didn't. He he was the most the ultimate suffering servant. But he also taught his disciples how to be bold how to in their own right how mm-hmm. to lead in their own right so that when he wasn't there they could take it up to a good my dad always said and it stuck with me that a good leader raises leaders under him yep and he and he he rebuked jesus was he rebuked matter yeah. of fact a few times he's flat out called him satan yeah i love him <laughs> Uh, I, 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 I love what? that guy. Uh, I was watching. I love G- I love Jesus in, in in with the religious people, and I love God in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. I love You're a funny dude. And nobody knows that. And, and the world, the, and the church world, does not know that God. Mm-hmm. That all they see is uh, is is somebody that's uh, a genie, uh, a sissy. Yeah. They made Jesus into a sissy. Love. Um, that he runs around Love. putting up with everything and just letting everybody spit in his face. He did not. He did, only did that for when they actually crucified him. That was because he planned that. That was his plan. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because it, they, he just let them do that just for the fun of it. He did that for our sake. Mm-hmm. It would be like if I could beat up somebody, but it was either me getting beat up or my kid, or something happens to my kid, I would surrender and say, okay, fine. Here's, you know, if I had a gun and I could shoot them, here's the gun. Just don't t- hurt my kid. And I would let them do that. And, and Jesus, what, he did not just let people just do whatever they wanted to say, whatever they wanted to say. Until it came time to saving us. Then he did it for our sake. But when they were dogging him out, he told them, Broods of vipers, you snakes, you sons of the devil, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're, you're liars. He called them out. On he, died. The- he died to save the people that were nailing him to a piece of wood. 
Mm. He, I mean, he in real time was was praying for the people that just stabbed him with a spear. Yeah, because they were Gentiles mm. and Romans. He were could there. have he could have just called the whole thing off. And I mean, it's it's one thing to think of it as that he was dying for he us, but he was specifically dying for the people that were driving thorns in his head and spitting on him. Well, that was and, that was us too, sadly. Mm. Yeah, I mean, every day, yeah. Yeah, we. He loves those who will never love him. Right. That, How um, heartbreaking must that be? But. Uh, uh, Look for somebody that teaches you, that tells you what you don't want to hear. Look for somebody that teaches you, that, that corrects you. That because you can't, without, you cannot be a disciple unless you're disciplined. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you don't have a spiritual leader that disciplines you through the word of God and through correction, then you then that you will never become a disciple of Jesus Christ without discipline. Yeah. Get somebody that stays on your honey, that gets on you because it's correction. The Bible says there is safety in having correction, that correction brings safety. And a wise man Find someone that, that don't just talk the talk, but they walk the walk. Do they cast out devils? Uh, do they heal the sick? Do they do the things that Jesus did? Look for what mm-hmm. Jesus did, and if they're not doing that, I don't care how good they sound, don't follow them in these last days. Look for proof yep. in their walk, because Jesus said that they, they, he, they proved what they said by signs, wonders, and miracles. Is it hard to do miracles in these last days? 100%. Is it impossible? No. No. Because we see God do them all the time. It, um, look for somebody that walks it out. Don't just speak it, but they, they have action to their words. Well, I want to add, too. I don't mean to interrupt you again. I want to add, too. You know, it's funny. There's a song that I used to hear as a kid that I never really thought about. It never, it, was, it didn't really hit me quite like it did now. But And I don't think it was intended this way. And it's not a Christian song. But it's uh, basically the words are... Uh, you know, you you created me, now teach me how to live. Now, I mean, in essence, that's what Jesus was there to do. I that's mean, exactly what he we did. are supposed to, if, if if we're supposed to emulate Jesus, and Jesus taught us how to live. You can tell you were raised in church because you said emulate. Right. Yeah, there you go. Um, actually, I didn't even think about that. Um, but if we're supposed to emulate Jesus, and Jesus led the way he led and lived the way he lived, then that would mean that to be a Christian, you are yourself are a leader. If you have a leader, then you are a leader. They are training you to be a leader. That's exactly People are right. supposed to emulate the Jesus they see in you. Yes. If you I mean it's a it's a it's a it's a chain reaction. So it's the first pyramid scheme. Right. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. And I mean <laughs> so I see it, you know, I see it from a point of, you know, as a Christian Instead of being like a lot of people are with the whole beating people over the head, I mean, Jesus himself taught us that we should be loving, that we should but be But we should also beat people sometimes. Be, with, well, yeah. you know, it's necessary at times, you know. Yeah, sure, I mean, sure, I heard sure, somebody sure. say one time, if anybody ever asks you what would Jesus do, just tell them, well, chasing people with bull whips and chairs is in the realm of possibility. Yeah. <laughs> it was It was not frowned upon. <laughs> there was legs breaking, right? That was a part of it. All right, we got we to gotta wrap it up. Uh, this week, but that was fun. it was fun this week. That um, we uh, we did not get to share all the stuff that we want to share on the the news articles and things like that. But I'm going to start trying to share some of our news articles on our actual page uh, during the week as I see them. And so stay um, stay up to date with our page during the week. Um, and if we discussed anything and you weren't watching um, the Emily page, the only page that these, some people know about, um, as if as we begin to share these posts. Um, and things during the week and you see something you want to ask about then go ahead and I know a lot of people watch this after the live 
And so if you've watched this after the live, then go ahead and um, ask questions if you want to for the next week. But like, share, comment, get the word out with other people, share it with other people. Uh, one of the reasons that I know that God is behind this is because of the haters that we get. Um, we get um, atheists and haters and um, people smarting off and trying to argue for absolutely no reason um, on here, which is a great sign yes. because if the devil's not getting mad about it, then it's not doing anything. And so if the, the, the enemy stirs up in other people, that, that's a good sign that we're uh, bringing the truth out there. That's another thing you want to look for. Look for churches that are persecuted. Uh, look for ones that their people are dogging out and they're talking about, uh, calling them holy rollers, uh, um, uh, end time doomers. Uh, things Jesus like that. Freaks. Yeah, Jesus freaks. Uh, th th you want to look for things like that. Uh, the, mo the more haters that they've got, uh, you might want to check into it. That's a good sign because uh, Jesus had a lot of haters. That um, and, and if they're called a cult, you definitely, definitely want to like look for them because they call Paul and uh, the apostles in a cult. Paul said, you call us a cult because we follow the way. Because they called them a cult. So every time somebody calls us a cult, I'm like, yes. We're getting called what Paul got called. But when it comes to leadership, always, no matter how much you trust who is telling you things, it's wise to always do your own research. Amen. Always do your always, own research. Always, 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 always. You have a preacher you grew up with. Make sure at least they just simply weren't making a mistake. That's right. Because to, to err is human. We'll live that. Right. To, and to human is error. Day one, I'm saying read your um, read your Bible, study your Bible, study the original Greek. Stupid. Look, Google it. You can Google <laughs> the actual scripture in Greek. See what it says um, before you just jump on something. Look it up originally. Um, that'll be all. You want to close this? Well, thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the comments. Like and share and do all that good stuff like she said. Thank you guys for coming. We've enjoyed it and hope we you come back. Join us again next Friday at 6 o'clock for the here. unveiling. <laughs> <laughs>